Obviously. On the prompt. I'm really excited for you, Mike. I hope you'll find the perfect workflow. Welcome to the prompt, a weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. It is October 23rd, 2013. Welcome back to the world's greatest podcast. This is episode 19. I am Mike Hurley. I am joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm very good. Have you been up to much this week? Nah, you know, kind of been a slow week. Slow week for you? Yeah. Not not, kinda, not really, you know, you know, any automation or anything like that happening? No, not much. Okay. I also forgot to make coffee. Did you see? Did you see it as going to be a limited edition Nintendo 3DS? Oh yeah, <laughs> that looks uh, good, right? I am Guys, I'm, here, I'm here this week. Oh, oh, like, hey, man. oh no! I mean, hey, <laughs> hi, Stephen. <laughs> Welcome hey, back. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Good. I missed you guys last week. We missed so. you. Yeah, it's been. You know, I've been tweeting stuff about it. I had some. Had a rough week, um, but uh, there'll be some. I'll put some show notes together about what I've been up to. But uh, anyone who's reached out, you know, think, thinking or praying for our family or my son, I, I deeply appreciate it. So we all do. Yeah. yeah. So he's doing all right. It's a hero. Yeah. So that's a, a little heavy duty. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, let's talk about cancer and then let's talk about Mavericks. Well, we can start with some follow up, of course. I let's mean, do that. <laughs> always, always go straight into follow up. Follow up. That's right. Um, so what have we got? So we have one last photo syncing script. Oh, oh, another one. I thought we yeah. were done with this. <laughs> I did too, but uh, it's pretty good. Um, uh, sent to us a couple days ago, and it uses the auto upload feature in Dropbox. And then actually, this guy, why well, I put it in here, um, instead of syncing them. To Dropbox, he uses Dropbox just to upload them, and then syncs or just has them uh, has them locally. And so uh, Neil sent this in. Hmm. Neil McGugan, Scottish, a, lives Mc, in London. It's a McGugan. Thank you. These people so are he's, trying um, to, these people are trying to kill Mike with all these creeps. I fear we're yeah. gonna lose Mike. Yeah. If, if well, this guy's in London, this... so he could he could kill you hmm. for real. So you could maybe go for a beer or whatever it is that you do in London, Mike. Go yeah. see the queen, the, the princess. I mean, it is a it is an interesting change because we've been talking a lot about using Dropbox as storage, but you know, not everybody pays for Dropbox, nor has everybody gamed the system like Mike. So, yep, <laughs> just an interesting take. Um, Everpix. Yeah. Um, it stopped updating for me in the last few days. Have either of you had this problem? Like after so, you uploaded uh, or upgraded to Mavericks? Uh, no, before that. Oh, no, mine's so, been fine. So it's it stopped uploading the images that are coming from my Dropbox folder. Hmm. It's still uploading the images that are coming from my messages conversation, which is just really lots of selfies of people, which is, I guess, fun <laughs> to keep forever. Um, <laughs> I did upload lots, like a few thousand images a couple of days ago. So I don't know if that's potentially something to do with it because it's doing its like deduplicating, updating thing in the collection view. Um, but it's it stopped updating from Dropbox and I haven't been able to find anything by Googling. So basically, if anybody's had this problem, just let me know so I'm not on my own. You ought to hit them up on Twitter. They were really helpful with my... Um, oh, yeah? 
CPU usage? I figure I want to give it its time to finish the processing. You're, you're of internet like, famous. You just reach yeah. out and be like, hey, guys. Well, I mean, I did upload 6,000 photos a couple of days ago, so I want to let it finish doing that. I basically remembered that I had lots and lots of images. Oh, um, oh can I share some of those? No. From from when I was like 15 to like 18 on like a an external hard drive. So I uploaded all of those. It's basically lots of images of me with shoulder length hair. Have you seen these, Federico? Uh, I don't think so, no. They can't be public, but I'll send, I'll send some to I you. tell you what, I'll find one. I I'll find like, one. Oh, wait, so like is, it, is it the one with uh, like the... <laughs> a few days ago, I got the notification in PhotoStream. Yes. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. Does. yeah, I saw one. And I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> because who is I this see, joker? Yeah, I see this... this uh, uh, um, yeah. guy popping up in my not- notification center i'm like what? Which, which isn't a- unusual for you really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. uh prompt prompt listener uh costas Caranius. i actually practiced that one i feel okay about it uh you guys were talking last week about like ios games and how nintendo like a lot of like console games including nintendo have little like surprises and easter eggs and um so Sword and Sorcery has come up on Twitter as an iOS game that maybe has some surprises in it. I'm not familiar with this game. Have you guys played Sword and Sorcery? Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't really get into it, but Yeah, I've, me neither. Just it. a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> I would say uh Costas Karianis. It's pretty good too. Man, you're mm. on top of the names today. European. So the uh, the next piece of follow up is from uh, Jeff Curvin, who wrote uh, a great piece about OmniFocus for iOS and OS ten. Um, we've spoken about OmniFocus in the past. Spoke about obviously U- URL schemes and automation stuff last week, and it kind of looks at OmniFocus through um, through that lens and how the Mac version and the iOS versions aren't don't really have parity with each other feature wise. Um, really, uh, a good article. Don't let OS slash X and next step being miscapitalized. Oh, just stray. Keep you from. You know, I, I think there really has a point when he mentions the fact that some developers, even after uh, has it been five years of App Store and three years of iPad, some developers still like they prioritize the development of the certain features on the Mac. And, and they treat the iOS apps sort of like uh, maybe viewers or like not as complete as the des- desktop ver- version. And, 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 uh, yeah. and what I'm seeing is that the apps that I enjoy the most on my iPhone and iPad are the apps that are, I would say, mobile first. So, or at least apps from developers who really invest much more in the iPad and iPhone version. Yeah, so... Um... Uh, Ken Case, who of course is the CEO of the Omni Group, kind of jumped in on this conversation online, and you know, and to his credit, right, like the Omni Group has, like Federico was saying, you know, they, were, they weren't mobile first. In fact, Omni Group has been around a long, long time, but they've been focusing on iOS, especially with OmniFocus, and now they're, you know, going back to the Mac version. And so I think OmniFocus in particular kind of even out, but I think you're right. You know, it is. I think it's just hard for developers, like if they're a Mac shop, to like really like shift gears and become iOS first. But clearly, that's more and more important. And Mac developers who can't or won't or don't embrace iOS, I think in the in the long term, 
might have some problems. Yeah, I think having your iOS app, as you say, Federico, like a viewer, um, yeah. it, it doesn't really work in the long term. If if apps are going to be, if you're going to have a cross-platform application, if something is technically possible, then it should be, you know, you should try your yeah. best to implement that. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and uh, and I am surprised every time that even after all these years, uh, having a feature complete and uh, you know powerful iOS app is sometimes still seen as sort of a of a dream. You know, oh, you can do this on an iPad. That's crazy. It doesn't make any sense at this point. So shall I uh, talk about one of our friends? Oh yeah, and then uh, we've got like so much stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, I guess that's fine. So let's take a moment to talk about Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO10. So some stuff about Squarespace that you've heard me say before. They have fantastic beautiful templates. They have over 20 award-winning templates. They have 24-hour, seven-day-a-week award-winning customer service. Their plans start at just $8 a month. They all feature responsive web design. And the you know and they have things like I have apps, stats, and all that fun stuff built in. But there's also Squarespace Commerce, which is all in one interface. You are able to sell physical and digital goods. This Squarespace Commerce can be integrated into any existing Squarespace site and template, and they work perfectly throughout that. You've got stuff like, if you're selling things online, no matter what you're selling, they've got stuff for you. They've got express checkout modes. They have integration with Stripe. They're the payment processing, so you can set up a merchant account with Stripe within 30 seconds. They help you out with full tax and shipping rules by region to help you run your store effectively. You can have your customers sign up for mailing lists during the checkout process. You can export all of your order data into a CSV format for accounting. You can designate store managers who can have control over inventory so they can manage that but not make changes to your site. You can move over your inventory from Shopify or Big Cartel in just a couple of clicks and start using Squarespace as the place to sell your goods online. If you sell digital goods, you can have things delivered by email and they can have 24-hour expired, like expiry links. So if, say you're selling a, a PDF or whatever, you can have it so once somebody's clicked it, it's got 24 hours and it expires so they don't like keep downloading it and send it all over the world and that sort of stuff. Squarespace are thought of everything, and it's incredible that you know you have this system that can be a blogging platform, or it can be somewhere people make portfolios for their art, or it can be a fully featured e-commerce platform. Brad Dowdy is the host on the Pen Addict. He's got Kickstarter running at the moment for he's making pen cases of his a company called Knock that he set up. He has chosen Squarespace as the place that he sets up his store going forward because when he was looking at all of the other options, he felt that no other uh, commerce platform offered as much for him as in an easier way for as cheap as Squarespace. So I want you to go and try out all of Squarespace for yourself. You can get a free trial by going to squarespace.com and then when you just sign up, don't forget to use the offer code TALLYHO10. It's going to get you 10% off. It will help support the prompt and all of 5x5. So thanks so much to Squarespace for their support. They give you everything that you need to create an exceptional website. Hooray! Yay! Hooray for Squarespace. So Apple had a hooray for Squarespace. Yeah. Right. Um, Apple had a little get together. Shindig. They did? Shindig. Mm -hmm. I think so. I was telling, oh, I was telling, you, telling <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh, no. I missed it. Oh, <laughs> I missed oh no. 
<laughs> what am oh god this is bad guys uh, <laughs> um so any guys are really like it's really fun like most of my like co-workers in my company like we all watched it together in the conference room on the apple tv um so i thought we could go through it a little out of order from what apple did um kind of i think based on the amount of stuff we have to talk about um you can the keynote was streamed which is always fun but it's up on youtube now and it's in the itunes uh i subscribe to like the 1080p you know Apple Keynotes feed and iTunes, I, which is nice. I bet you do that so you can save them for archival purposes, don't you? You know what? I will uh, provide a screenshot of my oh. Apple Keynote archive folder. And with the size uh, in view, I will, uh, I'll do that for you. So the, the first thing um, is, is Mavericks. And I will admit, I was wrong. It was free, and it was released the day of the Keynote. I Can you also say who was right? I would say that my dear friend, who would never rub it in my face, Federico Batici, was correct. Uh huh. That's right. Basically, yeah. listeners, let me let me set that stage for you a little more. <laughs> Leading up to the release of this, um, the three of us obviously talk quite often, and there was a conversation that was happening between my two fair co-hosts where they were talking about pricing and availability, and Federico would be like, "I think it's going to be free," and Stephen would just say. No. <laughs> that was it. He was just like, nope. And he wasn't be. really motivated as a choice, you know? I thought, no. <laughs> no. It was, there's no reasoning for it. Just no. Because you are wrong, Federico. However, <laughs> what turns happened, out. It turns yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> turns out that old uh, Freddie V has got... Uh, <laughs> he's, got <laughs> he's got a beeline right into to Federighi. Oh. Do that I? Mm -hmm. Okay. I love Craig Federer. You know, uh, it was really a coincidence. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I, I was hoping that, that it would be free um, because I don't, I don't think that people should, you know, should pay 20 bucks for, for Mavericks, but that's for later. Um, Socialist. No, no, no. It's just it's more about the features and and the thing the things that have changed and you know you know what I think about about the OS. Um, Let's talk about uh, this for a I, second. I was I wasn't expecting a release on the same day, and and I think that it really, in a way, it hurt the press because you didn't see much Mavericks coverage yesterday. So um, I, I didn't think that it was good timing, honestly. The pricing the pricing is interesting. Like. I, I think it makes perfect sense. I have no, I don't know why you would charge for iOS and not char sorry, not charge for iOS and charge for Mavericks. Like it well, doesn't make sense it, to me anymore. Because in theory, the OS ten is uh, the serious one. Yeah, but that just doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me anymore. Yeah, because people, as we know, can you know get things done on on an iPhone at this point. So I'm not sure that's true. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so I mean, so it's really interesting. Um, you know, they they went up. They did a you know a very quick like feature review with Craig Federighi, and what they said, um, uh, Tim Cook said it. Craig Federighi said it was like we want people to be using our newest stuff. And uh, clearly that's what this is about, you know, that that zero dollars is like infinitely better than nineteen dollars. 
And um, while it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as simple or as free as an iOS update, it is now as cheap as an iOS update. Can I give you a, a very quick conspiracy theory about why I think it might be free? Okay. You know I have my crazy yeah. conspiracy theories. <laughs> this is going to be good, yeah. Battery life is is very, very important these days and is a massive selling point for all of Apple's devices. Like They tout it as a big thing. And Mavericks is so um, Mavericks is so hot with battery life and what it's doing there, like for power saving. <laughs> hot with battery at. life. Hot with battery life. Uh, <laughs> show title um, and and all of that stuff. That I think that Apple will start um, publicly saying, you know, this Mac has X amount of hours of battery life, but that will be in part due to Mavericks. Oh, no. new Macs. Yeah, I've just realized what I was saying as I said. It was new Macs, which will include Mavericks. Because, so I retract know, my conspiracy theory. The, there is really no huge advantage on, on even on my, uh, you know, two years old MacBook. There's no, oh my God, this thing is so much better for battery. I mean, yeah, sure. I get uh, 20 or 30 minutes more. Maybe my Mac is, you know, defense donkey keen as much as before. Is but it? He, it isn't groundbreaking. Is it potentially of, safe to say that time coalescing has been uh, uh, is actually let you down? Oh no, 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 no! The, the time coalescing, <laughs> it's it, you know, it's. I, I mean, I really don't don't I don't know what's going on behind the scenes because I am no technician or I am no expert of APIs and this sort of stuff. Uh, I just know, as I wrote today, that my my MacBooks fans uh, they really rarely start spinning anymore it's really quiet overall and uh so maybe it's you know the 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 timer thing or maybe it's the app nap or uh, compressed memory i don't know steven you know more about this stuff than i do yeah and you know that's a you know it's interesting i mean federico you and i have so i would review you you wrote a sort of a review but like a i really loved it your article um i finally got to read it this afternoon uh, but like a, hey, I work and make my living on an iPad. What does Mavericks mean to me? Which is a great and, you know, uh, unique perspective that, that you have. But we do approach it from different ways. And, you know, you and I, we've been working on this. I've been working on my uh, Mavericks review since August, um, which is crazy. And, you know, you and I have both been running it, but talking a lot about it. And I think... The, even the price itself kind of shows like where Apple is with this thing. Like, um, like under the hood, Mavericks, I truly believe is um, the biggest change to OS ten since we've seen since Snow Leopard. Maybe since um, the switch to Intel. Like, you just don't go in and like change the way your operating system uses RAM. Like, that's something you do casually. Mm. Uh, you can cook pasta casually, but you don't cook your RAM. <laughs> casually, casually changing RAM. Yeah. Um, but so, so there's a lot of stuff under the hood. And we can get into features like maps and iBooks and tab finder, which is maybe the greatest thing in the world. Um, yeah. But, but, I knew. but, you know, are those things enough? Like, oh, my God, we have labels. Like, is that enough to sell an OS for $20? And no, probably not. And so I think the price does reflect that, that, you know, 
Most people are like, yeah, my battery life's a little bit better, but most people aren't going to notice. Like most people aren't going to notice that they're not paging out to disk because Mavericks has compressed their memory usage. And so it's just a really, it's like a hard OS to nail down because like, yes, there are some new things. Yes, there are some like really old things that are still very broken. But there is all this stuff under under the hood that, that really is interesting. I think that there is a, a clear message that Apple is sending here. And that is, um, look, you can buy a Mac, you can buy an iPad, you can buy an iPhone, and you get all our software for free. So our business model is really about selling you not just the device, but the experience. You know, you yeah. get an iPhone and you get a, and you get pages and you get iPhoto yeah. and you get numbers. So you get the whole package, right? So and I, and I guess that what they're saying to other companies is, look, this is what we do. Can what about you? Can you do the same ecosystem and experience stuff that we do? And yeah. so. Companies well, I mean, that don't make money on hardware, uh, that's going to be a problem if it wasn't already. Yeah, you know, and you, um, you know, I think you hit it, I think you hit it around the head. And Apple, you know, people always like, is Apple a hardware company? Is Apple a software company? And like different executives have said different things at different times. But Apple's, if you look at their spreadsheets and like the Asimco charts, like Apple makes its money in hardware. And uh, I think uh, Horace Day you today said, you know, like that, you know, the projected loss on like making all the software free is like $450 million over the next quarter or something. I don't, I link to it, but I don't remember exactly what he said. But um, let me find it so I don't misquote him. I'll get it. 450. Yeah, I, th- I think that it's fair to, to call them a hardware company because they make the most money on, on selling devices. Right. But I, I think that the experience part is well, key. Yeah, I, I mean, because yeah, I mean, you, they're, they're an you, experience company is what yeah, they you are. Yeah, get, you get something like the iTunes Festival, for instance, which is completely unrelated and pot- potentially, I don't know, maybe they, they lose money on running the show. But it is the message that they send that with, with Apple and with iTunes, look what you got. You got a festival. And you get people, you know, taking photos with iPhones, taking videos. People are happy. They're going around London and drinking beers with Mike, maybe. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're not saying this. But anyway, you get my point. And um, so it's really about the whole ecosystem and an and, and, and experience of, you know, having software and apps and, and, and media and content all in one package. And, and you just happen to buy for the, for the thing that you hold. You know, the, the yeah. computer, the Mac, the iPhone. And uh, I don't know, uh, we, we could argue about the quality of the ecosystem, about iCloud uh, and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. But Mavericks going free, to me, is just another piece of this, of this idea that, that you, buy for, you, you buy a Mac, you, you pay for, you know, maybe a premium price. Uh, we could argue about that too. But in the end, you get the OS for free and, uh, and everybody's happy. Yeah, I and guess. you know it's yeah, I think I think so. And I think it's, you know, this is just Apple. I mean, I did a little thing in the review about like, you know, OS ten was $129 for a decade, basically, um, every two or three years. And it, it's just uh, a shift. And you know, I don't really want to get into it. We've beat this horse to death, but you know, this is very interesting that this comes right in the middle of the the blogosphere freaking out the paid apps are dead. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> including us. Like we had underscore on talked about it um yeah but then and then you know on top and then of apple's that, like oh software is free forever and it's like, just like if i sold everything. apps in the app store i would be like well crud you know they have in-app purchase 
in uh, Garage Band. Garage Band. Is that true? I saw that yeah. on a rumor site, but I didn't oh, know yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah you they can got buy a, drummers. Uh, $5, yeah. Yeah, you can buy more drummers um, <laughs> even at purchase. That sounds weird. <laughs> you can buy people. Let's park my discussion of Garage Band until later in the show. Yeah, so is there anything <laughs> specifically, I don't know, Mike, you, uh, did you upgrade to Mavericks on your MacBook Pro? Yeah. So, is there anything specific we want to talk about? I have a couple things I wanted to make sure we touch on, but is there any any uh, more big picture stuff? We talked about price. I talked about the name some. I don't have um, anything big picture. I have a couple the, of like just things that I like. The name's weird, and I got to make an Alcatraz joke, so that was fun. Yep, that was. I um, like the Alcatraz joke. Um, I don't think that the name is really immediately understandable by people around the world. It, it feels like very American pride sort of thing. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything to me. It just sounds weird. It does. Yeah, yeah I think that, that's I a think problem. That Ma- I think that Mavericks is like a, a, a bike brand in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or something. I don't like, know. if they would have called it OS Ten San Francisco. Yeah, that would have been better. And then, like, have OS Ten Los Angeles, you know, like, and do it that way. But, like, random places... Like I still, I, I it just doesn't mean anything to me. It's like, like, it's like calling it OS Ten Viturbo. Yeah, I'd buy that. <laughs> but if it was called <laughs> OS Ten Viturbos, that would you know what I mean? It's the well, S, so it's the it, S at it, the end that makes it so strange. Yeah. yeah, so it's weird for a couple of reasons. A, the California landmark names. At least Mavericks isn't. I didn't know what Mavericks California was until WWDC. You know, you know, like, you know, I have some examples in here of like what it could be in the future. Like, you know, things that I knew. Um, but I think that it's it's very limited in scope, and I think it's almost I think it can be off putting, you know. Like I wonder if this like like I'm hey I'm all for like design Apple California like that's a cool campaign, but it's a little douchey, and I just fear that this could backfire. Um, I think it's fine. I think Mavericks was not a great first choice, um, but you know they ran out of cat names. Like I mean they used cheetah, was, the cheetah cat like five different times. You know it's all the same. There animal, was a so. rumor thought. About the that they could use uh, wine names, I think that would have been really nice. You know, like Oestan Cabernet or I think that, I think that's what they're using for internal. Code yeah, names. yeah, and that that's really uh, yeah, that's a pity because um, I really like the wine name approach better. I it sounds the, like, sexier. This is probably the only show where we could talk about this, but the whole trend of made in America I find very peculiar, especially when Apple was trying to break so heavily into like the Asian market. And, you know, uh, especially when some people don't see the stuff that's happening in America, so yeah. under a positive light. Yeah. Like, it I just mean, seems very, well, very hey, peculiar hey, to me. We have a government again. So oh, yeah. Congratulations hey, on that. Hey, congrats, buddy. <laughs> we reopened. Um, I, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, American, I've been told. What? That's what you? I've heard. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Sounds crazy, doesn't mm. it? Mm. Um, hey, y'all. I don't own any guns, and... Like I like the idea of made in America. It's I mean, kind so of, it's kind for, of nice. For, so but. what I'm trying to get to for Americans, maybe not for me so much. Like I'm not very patriotic, but I think for a lot of Americans that means a lot. And yeah. really, what it's about is a statement from Apple to the American people, and I think to the American government that they want to do something different, um, and that they want to do something that they can take pride in. Um, I don't yeah. think it's necessarily about any particular one political stance or another, but it's just there. 
it's kind of a it's kind of a hip thing to do and and like it's great right like it's employing lots of people and like that's great and manufacturing in our shores is awesome i don't know if it really ties to the apple trying to go in china maybe as much as you think though i i just think we'll just wait and see like what that the build quality of those mac pros are like <laughs> I just well, want like, to please send them back to China. I just want to. Uh, well, we'll talk. We'll talk about the Mac Pro. So uh, quickly, we talked about price. Talked about the name. Uh, I want to talk about two things um, in in Mavericks. Um, the uh, the first being the the new apps that have come. So of course we have iBooks and Maps, which are more mobile first to use Federico's term. Um, uh, you can do iBooks author books on the Mac. You can't do them on the phone yet, but that's rumored to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I read John Syracuse's review last night on my MacBook Air um, in iBooks, and it was fine. It was both apps were like super crashy and janky during beta, which I, I think I'd have a screenshot of my crash report. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like they don't. They're not going to change my life. Right? Like I keep forgetting that Maps is there, and I don't. Like I own a Kindle, and I'm like pretty into the Kindle. An Amazon ecosystem for eBooks, so like n- neither one of those apps are really like blowing my face off, and I kind of forget that they're there. Um, I don't know how mainstream that is. Like, a, like a couple of people at work upgraded to it, and they're like, "What? I have Maps now?" Like, because it puts it on the dock, and I was like, "Yeah." They're like, "Why?" Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't ever. <laughs> Like even like Google Maps, like I do it all on my phone because I'm in my car sitting in the parking garage and like, oh, I have no idea where this office is. Uh, it's not something that I can sit down on my laptop. And I'm like, I'm gonna look up where the, my bank is. You know, like it. I don't know. Like, Ooh, I, was, I got excited there. Why wouldn't you just go to maps.google.com like you have for the last ten years? And why does Apple have it on the because web? Because it's really sad that I have to use Google Maps from a company that wants to sell my face as an ad. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, really, I, I like don't that. want to use that. I, I think like that all, phrase. All, all companies want to sell your face as an ad. Oh, yeah, they do? Yeah, they do. <laughs> I get requests all the time for pictures of you. I just give into it. I just send them on. <laughs> <laughs> Steven doesn't even wait for the requests. He just sends the pictures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just uh, have a photo stream. It's me to everyone. And uh goes out. So I don't know. Like the update, the new apps are fine. They're not particularly useful to me. Um, I think the updated apps are where the the fun is, and um, Safari Seven especially is pretty nice. But yeah, um, Chrome forever. Ugh. Wait, just run Chrome for a day, and then run Safari for a day, and see how many extra hours of battery life you get running Safari. I'll run Safari for a day. Can't use Google Docs. Quit Safari. Yeah, yeah. Google Docs is utterly broken in Safari yeah. Seven. Um, Safari Seven does push notifications from websites, which is cool. You don't even. Have oh to yeah, have we're gonna we're gonna add them soon to 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 Mac Stories, Yeah. Hey. Yay. It's cool. I was is just. It, I want to. I, I want to talk to you about how easy that is to do. Coming out of my mouth at that point was, "Who wants that?" Federico's <laughs> 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 like, so "We're adding them." During oh. during testing, I signed up for the uh, the New York Times because they added it, but it was right like as the government was reopening, and like I left my computer on. And like came back hours later and had like nine thousand notifications from the New York <laughs> Times. So you got to be careful with it. I think it's cool. I think it, you know if you follow CNN breaking news on Twitter, like this is for you. Um, for me, or if even, you follow even, me, if or, I mean Federico, I will turn them on for you. Thank you. It really, I appreciate that that you're you know turning on for me. Yes, <clears throat> perfect. 
<clears throat> I'm so anyway. happy that happened because now I, I was <laughs> I was going to say it, but Federico said it, so I've I've got that clip now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I feel I feel like you want us to record this podcast just to save clips or me saying pseudo sexy things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a, that's a good plan. Yeah. You yes. know, he doesn't actually record the or he doesn't actually release the show. <laughs> it's just he just records it and it's just for my it. benefit. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to talk about. Um, there's lots of other features like go read the reviews. Um, is about the interface itself and um. I think we talked about it in one of the very first episodes of the prompt about like iOS seven redesign coming to OS ten. Um, and obviously, it didn't happen. Like Mavericks has been flattened out in places. Like there's no linen on the login window, and Notification Center doesn't have linen. But like it's the same OS. Like if you set someone down in front of Lion, Mountain Lion, or Mavericks, they might not be able to tell you which which one is which if they're just a, a you know an average user. Um. But uh, the reason I want to talk about it is, Federico, you, you bring it up in your article about how you feel, um, and may, you say you know maybe it's because of the design stuff, that there's a bigger gap between iOS and OS X than there has been in the past. Mm-hmm. And I tend to agree with you. Uh, you know, the services tie it closer together, like the notifications are better um, on OS X. It's crazy that iOS didn't pick up um, actionable notifications. But there's no redesign. Like OS 10 still looks as it has basically since 10.5 Leopard. Like really, uh, basically the same. They've had some additions, but you know it's been this kind of muted gray wasteland. I don't know. Like, what do you guys think about? Like, is it time for OS 10? Like, does 10.10 need to look more like iOS? Yes. Uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. and, uh, <laughs> we can move on. And, and it's, <laughs> no, let me let me let me elaborate. Uh, I I don't think that my main gripe is about uh, the fact that they are really different. It's just that in Mavericks, I see these... Um, it's re- it seems really confused because you have two apps that have the old look of, you know, Forstall era. So you have Reminders and Game Center with the, with the black leather and green felt, you know, texture. And then you have um, the, the usual suspects like Safari and Mail and the Finder. They have the muted gray uh, aqua approach. And then you have Notes. And uh, uh, what else? Uh, Notes has got this lighter design. It seems really confused about the best approach to, you know, to bringing some sort of consistency. Because uh, the last time I checked last year and with Lion, the focus one uh, was on making it easier to, for people to switch between an iPhone and an iPad and, and a Mac, retaining the, the, the patterns of, of user experience that they had learned in using yeah. one of their devices. And now Mavericks uh, seems like it wants to try a bit of everything, maybe because Apple didn't have time or maybe because they couldn't decide. I, I don't know what's going on, but... Uh, uh, I think that a redesign for 10.10, if ends up calling being called like that, uh, actually I wouldn't mind seeing. And I know that I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this. Uh, I think that iOS is a much better name for everything. Honestly. <gasps> wow. Can you imagine running iOS on your on your MacBook? I am literally crying. I mean, it's it's just a name. I you want to a- you want to get things done. You don't want to to give importance to a name. What's in a name anyway? Federico, Federico. I, wrote, I wrote 400 words about the name. Federico, <laughs> what about iOS X? 
Oh my no. god! Oh I'm my, done. Mike. Oh, okay. No, seriously. Why? Okay, we can we can discuss the the poor taste of the Mavericks name because it's a it's a it's a basically unknown place for the rest of the world. But the main name like OSN, iOS. What's what's the problem? If it, if in maybe two years from now you're gonna use iOS, I don't know iOS, uh, San Francisco, <laughs> on yeah. your on your MacBook uh, Air. Or maybe on your iWatch. I don't know. In the end, it's just a name, you know. What yeah. matters is is the is the is the design and the functionality, and that's what kind of makes me upset because I really like the, the the energy saving stuff in Mavericks. I really like the Safari and and the scrolling and everything. But I see this sort of disconnect between uh, what it used to be, what it wants to be, what it's gonna be, maybe. So yeah. I find it very, very peculiar that like front and center of Mavericks is a difference in design. So you have parts of it that are very iOS seven like. Then you Did have... you see pages? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah, so you it's, tweeted it's, about that earlier. Yeah. It's got um, all these white popovers that are basically taken out of iOS seven. Right. And then so you've got it, parts of it that are iOS six and then you have parts of it that are just Mac OS ten. Yeah. Like it's so different it's, it's fracturing again yeah they yeah. haven't they haven't made a decision and i find that like disconcerting for... it's not the first time though no but i you know i mean I tiger had like this. pinstripes brush metal gray windows tiger was a mess and yeah, leopard but you they, didn't they have an iphone out. you didn't have ios back when tiger was the. i mean yeah. true but i think so i, I think I, I tweeted back at you federico in the past you look at like itunes like three or four mm-hmm. or five, that would be like a precursor to what OS X was going to do. So like they would change the scroll bars only in iTunes, and the scroll bars would change the next version of OS X to match them. Apple has always done that with iTunes, and over the last four or five years, it's happened with iLife as well. And now I think they're doing it with iWork in addition. that They want to see how these things work and how people respond to them. So I think you tweeted a picture to or of the... Um, media library manager yeah. in iWork. Yeah. That looks just like iOS 7. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that 10.10 is going to look like iOS 7. It means, like, for that little thing they chose, it's not like accident, right? It's like, oh, I copied the wrong UI into the... It's like, yeah, they did it on purpose, and they're seeing how it goes. And, yeah, you know... But I, what, what intrigues me is that uh, you could say that maybe they are they are experimenting, you know, with, new, uh, with a new desktop UI. But they are experimenting with one of the, you know, one of the apps that people buy Macs for. They, I mean, it's their. Work it's not, I'm just saying it's not. That's not a new phenomenon. It's not new, but it's. A, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's a and it's a very popular app. I mean, m- maybe they could experiment with Logic Pro 10, or they could have experimented with I don't know some other app like Motion or Compressor. I mean, this is Pages. <laughs> The so, iLife uh, applications in general have a much more flat design language. Like GarageBand uh, is very different looking. They've yeah. made some very, very key changes yeah. to and the so UI. I think that's, that very much could be a precursor to seeing OS X you know, being flattened out. It's much more handsome to my eye. Uh, Stephen, did you see that, that in the new pages you can't uh, customize the toolbar anymore? Are you serious? 
yeah you can you can you know right click and and move the icons I, why would you I honestly need to do that? Hope, johnny ive knows how to set up your toolbar yeah sure yeah uh i honestly hope that it that that's gonna change yeah <laughs> just like luck. the apple script support yeah that's not coming back so <laughs> oh god uh so yeah, no <laughs> we, have, we have we have a lot more ground to cover overall federico like thumbs up thumbs down mediocre like what's your takeaway yeah <laughs> all right thumbs up. no it's a it's a thumbs up because it's free yeah all i'm right. the same because there's like i've only been using it for like a few hours in all honesty and like i like i really like the actionable message notification but that's kind of all i have to say i i kind of feel like uh, the scene in in the gladiator when when the roman emperor is like thumbs up or thumbs on uh, okay thumbs up you yeah. would be the Roman emperor as well. <laughs> yeah, that's a little racist. All right, sure. Um, yeah, the guy, the guy dies, by the way. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> hey, we all go at some point. Oh, God. <laughs> Might as well go in a blaze of glory. Exactly. Um, we are, this is, we're 40 minutes in. We've Yeah, so we should keep going. We should just, let's just see how long this takes us. Can I but give my thumbs up? It's a big, I mean, w- you know. we have an excuse. There is the Apollo and we come yeah, on. Yeah, so I was going to say, yeah. it's been a big week. There's there's a lot, there's yeah, a lot to there's, cover. I mean, whatever. We've like, got so much more. We still have a lot to cover. Yep. People are going to run their blog that our show is over an hour. So this was the most, just, this, this next part that we're about to move into was the most surprising part to me. How much time they spent on, on yeah. the Mac, on Mac hardware. Yeah. Hey, can, can I give my Mavericks? Review, uh, review oh yeah, sure. Sorry, buddy. What is what is the <laughs> no, 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 what is no. your what is your thumb position? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a thumb. It's a it's a thumbs up because oh. you know, to get back to where we started like nine hours ago, fanboy Federico, you and I come at things from a different viewpoint. It's one reason that the show is what it is because we would not that we disagree, but that we come at it from different viewpoints. I am primarily an OS ten user. I spend far much more time on OS 10 than iOS as an OS 10 user with a MacBook air. I think Mavericks is great. I would have paid 19 or 29 or $129 for it. Maybe not 129. I would eventually, but it's not because of the features. It's not because I get iBooks and maps on my computer. Um, it's not because calendar doesn't look terrible. It's because that, at its core, Mavericks is about making OS X more finely tuned for notebook users. Apple, starting years ago, has sold more notebooks than desktops, and Mavericks is Apple recognizing that in its software. Uh, and so, as someone who makes a living on a MacBook Air running around between offices all day, the features I get out of Mavericks really do make a big difference. Um, I do see a pretty noticeable increase in battery life over Mountain Lion on this machine, you know. Um, and it, it, there's a lot of little things in there that just make OS 10 more pleasant to use. Yes. It's weird in places. Yes. I can probably, I agree with you that, you know, from you know, both of you guys that thumbs up because it's free. Like, yeah, I get it. Like I'm, you know, I'm glad it's free. I think it's weird. It's gonna take some getting used to, but I see why they did it. And so I, I, for one, even though this isn't a like blockbuster runaway hit, uh, I do think that, that Apple did a good job with it. I'm sorry I um, destroyed that for you. You know that's no, fine. But that's um, fine. but we should talk about new Macs because it's it's exciting. Just I I now have something I want to say about what you just said. I I, I find it very interesting about what you said about YouTube being different. Yeah, that that you are an OS 10 user, Federico's an iOS user. 
because I honestly don't know where I fit in that. I feel like my use of OS X and my use of iOS, they are both forced by the locations of the work that I'm doing. So I am like a begrudging Mac user at times because I can't create podcasts on iOS. And I am a begrudging iOS user because I'm sitting at a desk in front of a Windows machine and I want to get something done, so I have to use my iPhone. And I really don't know where, if I had the choice, where I would fall. And right. like if I would only ever turn a Mac on to open Logic. It's, it, I, I, I'm really not in either. I kind of fluctuate between them. And both. I think that's how most people are. Uh, I think you, I mean, Mike, we, we joke about this. Um, but I think Mike, out of the three of us, you are the most average consumer and you're not an average consumer. Like you're a power user of all these things, but between the three of us, you're the most grounded. Um, You're the most stupid. Yeah. You're the, you're the simplest of the three of us. uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, it's true though. Hey, it's not simple. It's a feature. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm a feature. Um, So yeah, Mike doesn't support Apple script. Um, I do not. He's so, simple by design. Unapologetically simple. <laughs> um, and so I think a lot of people feel that way. And that's why, to wrap this up, for realsies, Federico's point of the gap between OS X and iOS being weird, why that's so important for Apple to solve. And they've gotten they've gotten a long way down the field with like iCloud and data syncing that seems to kind of work now, which is wild. Um, like, they're getting there. They're... They, they're getting to the place where I can shut my MacBook Air, I can pick up an iPad, and I can keep working on what I was working on. But until that's really true, um, there are going to be these gaps, and there's going to be these little camps of people like me who are like hardcore OS X you know, f- fanboys and guys like Federico who are wringing literally every ounce of power he can out of iOS. Um, so it's just really interesting. I think these events and this sort of news... Uh, always kind of draws that out, especially in, the, in, the, in our little family here. Um, but all in all, like OS X is not going anywhere. iOS isn't going anywhere. It, it's it's a good time to be in this world, especially if you have $3,000 and can buy a new Mac Pro. I can't wait, Stephen, to call you an iOS power user next year. Hmm. Hmm. Hey, I got, I got, hey, man, hey, uh, Mike's the one doing the automation. Automation. No, no. <laughs> no, you know, not not because of that, because of the change of name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. But anyway, so new Max. Yeah, as I was saying, I found this the most surprising because of the amount of time they spent on it and the amount that they had to talk about. Um so we have MacBook Pros, there was kind of a bit of a reshuffle. Um there's no more retina fifteen. There's one non retina thirteen inch. I just took a quick look at the store. I think now that the that Apple sells one computer that has an optical drive. Yeah, it's the 13-inch MacBook Pro. Am is I also it? right in thinking that it is also only one um, Mac that has a spinning hard drive? No, a lot of the iMacs still come with hard drives, okay. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, they have the, the Fusion drive. And, right? the, and the Mac Mini as well. Okay, uh, oh, does the Mac Mini still have? Yeah, a- my mythical MacBook or my mythical Mac Mini Air is yet to arrive. But that's crazy, though, right? There's the Apple sells one computer now that has an optical drive. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I was really surprised to keep see the 13 
still around. But I mean, obviously, if you look at the pricing, it's to hit the price point. Yeah. And and I think that 13-inch MacBook Pro, I think that's what they sell to students. Like, that's what they sell to schools. Like, you can get that on the education store for like $200 less. That's what they sell in the back-to-school, like, for college kids. They buy that machine. Seriously, though, for $100 more. You can get a retina. That no, entry-level like entry yeah. retina is incredible. Yeah, yeah so uh, let's just blast through the, the notebooks real quick. The the 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro with retina display, which you own. You own the first generation. Uh, now it's a usable machine. Uh, no, uh, I own the second generation. Mine is usable. The first was not. Mm, I, there was a bump. There was a change in mine. I have a, I have a different integrated ch- graphics chip, and I have a different processor. Okay, that's right. They re- they, it was like a silent rev. Yeah. Um, as I opened Mac Tracker to confirm that we're not wrong. Um, I the, waited. Uh, pedantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, late 2012. There it is. Um, so, but they have the uh, Intel Iris graphics, which are pretty awesome. Uh, they're only uh, dual core, though. You have to go to a 15-inch to go quad core. 15-inch and the 13-inch, the base ones came down in price. You get a Retina MacBook Pro for twelve ninety nine. It's crazy. I think it's incredible. I, I, you can get a MacBook Air like the thir- the base thirteen inch, the high end thirteen inch MacBook Air is twelve ninety nine. So it's like high end Air or low end Retina, same price point. And may, really, the uh, the main difference is the storage. That like st- not difference the, uh, uh, the um, yep. I can't think of the right word. What's the yep. word? The bad uh, bit. I can't think of a right word. What is wrong with you? Disadvantage. The only disadvantage is <laughs> is the memory because it's the, the flat, the oh, whatever, move on. So I'm excited. I mean, uh, you know, I'm glad they updated. Um, but the real star of the show, of course, is the Mac Pro. I cannot believe that price point. So let me just, um, the quad core and dual GPU. 3.7 gigahertz, um, 12 gigabytes of RAM, dual AMD D300 with two gigs of video RAM, and 256 SSD, 3,000 American dollars. I cannot believe that. It doesn't make any sense to me. It seems yeah. like it's not enough money. What does this stuff even mean? Yep. What do you mean? What can you, I, I mean, I mean, they're all they're all overkill. Okay, I am the I am the stupid Mac user. Yeah. Here, okay. So, what does dual GPU quad? What can I do with this? So, the the first bit, the quad core or six core, uh, is all about the number of processors or number of processor cores. Um, but really, what's interesting about the Mac Pro is the GPU. So it has two ridiculous video cards. And what Apple is saying, if you're starting in Snow Leopard and moving forward, Apple has been pushing OpenCL, which Please forgive me for the very simple explanation because I really don't have a firm grasp of how it works. I'm not a programmer. Why? Because I'm not a programmer. Mm, go back and learn. <laughs> Mikey's angry. <laughs> yeah, I'm how just dare my, you quit come my job, to this show? Quit my job and, uh, <laughs> and read books all day. Um, show up here without knowing anything about OpenCL. I'm sorry. Disgraceful. I've, I've shamed you have prompt. You have I've failed. smeared our rainbow flag through the mud. <laughs> um, hmm. So, right, so it's two, GP, two GPUs. And so OpenCL takes what would computationally be done on the CPU, which has, in this case, four cores, mm-hmm. and puts it to the GPU, which can have many, many more cores. And if it's written well and done properly, 
if you can offload stuff to a GPU, it can be like way faster than the CPU. And so what, App, what Apple's doing with the Mac Pro, it's like, yes, this has awesome video capability. You can push 4K displays, not that Apple sells one. But if you're running a scientific or mathematical program that needs like all the horsepower it can get, you can okay. use the GPUs for rendering power. Oh, huh. that, sound, that sounds nice. And what about uh, gaming? Uh, yes. All, yeah. Very yes. All the gaming. <laughs> all the gaming will be here. You need like half of that. <laughs> all the gaming. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it won't run your silly Pokemon games, but... Uh, oh, snap. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And so, they released... The, I mean, it's the first time we've seen the specs. Um, the first time that we've really seen kind of more demos. I did not realize how small it was. Like, in those pictures like that they showed. Yeah. It's like next to a cinema display and it's like a third of the cinema display. Like I could just put this in my backpack and carry it around with me like a little robot friend. Hmm. I want to have this robot friend in my life. Um, but yeah, price point way lower than I thought it would be. Now, obviously you can, uh, even though the store doesn't have it right now, I mean, it's not hard to imagine that you can max it out, you know, for, you know, <laughs> all of the money that you have. Oh, um, we have, we should play the game. <laughs> no, you I can't do it yet. Oh, you can't, uh, you can't custom build it. That's such a shame. I assume, I, I assume that. that was your game. That yeah. how expensive can I make this machine? Yeah, yeah. They just have the two base, the two models online right now. Um, Twenty five hundred pounds is is how much that it starts at here, which is a lot cheaper than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, like I mean, it's not crazy to think that, like Mike, you could buy this and like do your work on it. I've been. It sounds terrible. I've been thinking about maybe as a production machine. Oh my god, do it. To get something like this because it would last me a lot longer and then I would feel a lot more comfortable running multiple Macs and having a Mac Pro at the heart of all of that and yeah. the recording and stuff. Um Ooh, buddy. I'm, I'm thinking about it. It's, so basically it's within this is the a price con- range that I was you have to buy a lot of Thunderbolt adapters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I need to do is see how much it would then cost for me to actually e- equip it. Yeah. So basically, this is a computer for super people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is... I mean, you could buy one. Like, for, for about four seconds when they announced the price point, I was like, I could replace my Mac Mini with this. And then I remember my <laughs> Mac Mini has been, like, downgraded to my entertainment center computer. It's like I don't need a Mac Pro powering my television. <laughs> Mac Mini stuff five uh, was five hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, really cool. Really excited to see it. Um, you know, people were hoping for four uh, K uh, cinema LED cinema displays or Thunderbolt LED, whatever it's called now. Um, I think that will happen. And in fact, quadrupling the pixels on the twenty seven inch gets you at four K almost exactly. Um, but the time's not right. And so in the demo area they had, I think, I don't remember what brand it was. Someone tweeted it, but um, I think a different it was brand. Uh, Sharp. Sharp, yeah. They're, they're one of the only ones that have them. So as 4K becomes more accessible, these machines will be able to drive them. Um, and Final Cut Pro and a couple of other apps have been updated uh, to support 4K as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're in a video or audio production environment... Um, I think this is the machine you've been waiting for. Regardless that you can't put your PCI cards in it, that's a problem for some people. But I think if you're starting clean, like from a, a fresh setup, this is a great machine to build a, a, a rig around. 
Yeah. So this is the this is the the, the computer that Marco and Casey and John got all worked up about, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. This is like you know, obviously I haven't heard ATP yet, but I have no doubt that that they will that, that John and Marco will be buying one of these. Yeah, Casey is too cheap. Yeah. Poor guy. Casey <laughs> uses uh, Windows ninety five. It's true. On a Dell. I think that Casey it's sort of my my spirit animal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I feel a connection with with a guy. Wow, that's, that's fine. He's I he's, don't know why, but but whoever he is, he's it. like sweating and shaking now. <laughs> um, so we talk about iPads. Oh, thank God! Yeah, yeah, so, this is, yeah. This so is, now Federico can. It doesn't get any easier here when yeah. you're looking at purchase. This is insane. So break it down, hack it. Oh, don't do that again. <laughs> Never sorry. do that again. Uh, so in the show notes, um, I put in apple.com slash iPad slash compare. Because uh, this this page really sums up what I, what I want to talk about when we go from there. So the iPad 5 is dubbed the iPad Air, which we'll get to. iPad Mini and the iPad 2 are still around. And the iPad Mini with Retina display is new. Why is the iPad 2? Why so listen, two? listen, Listen to me. Uh. Mike is angry today. Mike, the reason, so I, I at first was like, holy crap, if I wrote, I, I tweeted this. I was like, if I wrote iOS applications, I'd be so pissed that the iPad 2 was still around with its cruddy A5 chip. And then I remembered the iPad mini is the iPad 2. Functionally, they're the exact same machine. Um, oh, yeah. And so what you have now is you have your cheap devices, iPad 2 and iPad mini with the dual core A5. And then you have your iPad Air and iPad Mini with Retina display, both with A7. So no more A6. And the A6 is dead, except in the iPhone 5C. Um, I did yeah, but not... let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Look, just looking at the top of a page. Yes. Can you tell me which iPads have a Retina display? Well, no, because I'm on a no. Yeah, that's really. The yeah, iPad, that's the iPad Air should say with Retina display under it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Let me call my boy Phil. Hang on. Not Siri, smart. call Phil. That's not smart at all, is it, really? Phil Schiller. Like... No, Siri, Siri doesn't have Phil Schiller's number. Oh. <laughs> Tried. No, yeah, it should say it. Um, but, so, the iPad Air and the iPad Mini, A7... Oh, hold on, let me, let me try. Chiama Phil Schiller. Chiama Phil Schiller. Oh God, this is bad. Uh, Phil Skiller. Okay, no, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> I, uh, Shall I try? <laughs> no, you, no. you have Siri set to a man voice, don't you? Well, I don't really have a, a choice in this. Matter, <laughs> yes, you do. You can change an iOS seven. No. Nope. Call Phil Schiller. I don't see Phil Schiller in your contact. Oh, Mike, that's lame. Um, and in English, which is really disappointing after hearing Federico's phone. Only, only in America you can change from man to woman. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, free country. Oh, God, uh, we're so sorry. <laughs> I'm not. You can uh, that's reach good Mike to know, Mike. on the internet at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. So the iPad Air is really the star of the show. But what's really, really interesting to me is that the iPad Mini with Retina Display was the last thing they talked about. After Mavericks, after the new Mac Pro that I want to have babies with, after the iPad Air. The iPad Mini with Retina Display, I think, is what Apple considers the flagship iPad to be. But 
They really want it to be the iPad Air. They know the iPad Mini is what people want, but they want people to buy the iPad Air. I'm sure the margins are better, um, and that's why I think they've rebranded it. Um, it's much thinner. It's much lighter, apparently. Um, all the, in fact, all the like the Verge and TechCrunch and everybody's like hands-on. Like it's amazingly light. Like it's sort of crazy how light it is. And I think they're pushing that, and they're pushing it, and they're pushing it because they want the 9.7-inch iPad to be the main one again. Um, okay. So, what, do, uh, what do you guys think about that? I have a couple of points. Okay. Uh, so you you mentioned the, all the end zone posts by TechCrunch on the Verge. Yeah. And they all said that it's uh, very light, uh, much more comfortable to hold in, in your hands. But the issue that I have here is that they all went out to say it is a one-handed device, and I I I fear that this judgment is really uh, doesn't tell the whole story because. These people could only try the iPad Air for like 10 or 20 minutes. And I, I, I tweeted this today. I want to know how the iPad Air goes uh, for like two hours in bed while reading Instapaper or so, iBooks. So just close your eyes. If you're listening to uh-huh. the prompt, close your eyes, unless you're driving. You can still close your eyes. And imagine the backstage area, right? So you're milling about. Phil Schiller's there. Tim Cook is there. You know, guys like Gruber and... Uh, Panzerino and Jim Dyrumple. And in the corner of this backspace press area, there's a section that's got like black curtains around it. And you open the curtains and there's a bed and there's a nightstand with a full-size iPad. This is Federico. <laughs> it's like, guys, I bring this for my test. Yeah, so Federico's there in bed reading the iPad and Jim Dyrumple comes in. And it pulls the covers back and just snuggles in for a nice evening read. I, for one, don't want to live in a world where that's possible. I don't know, Federico, you might. No, I'm not saying that they should put a bed in the backstage area. I'm just saying that going out and publishing a post that says this is a one-handed device, it feels a bit rushed, you know, as a judgment. I, I, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. And I agree, the big, the big I, iPad um, is awkward in bed or on the couch or something. I've seen the, the the weight comparison, and it's like, um, what is it, uh, like uh, 140 grams yeah. difference between the, the iPad mini and the iPad Air. So it's considerable, in my opinion. So I'm really conflicted, and this is my second point, because they they basically they have a single iPad now, okay? So you have the A7, uh, you, have, you don't have a Touch ID, but you have the Retina display. It's just that the iPad mini is smaller. But on the inside, uh, the theory goes, uh, it's the same iPad with the same hardware and the same specs. So I really don't know what to choose because the iPad Air is coming out on November 1st and I really want to try it. And, uh, but on the other hand, I, really, I know that I really like the iPad mini and the form factor and I've been using it every day for the past year. Uh, I use it in bed, in the car, at the beach. Uh, I use it with one hand. Uh, I can type in portrait mode because it's much narrow, so it allows me to thumb type. And uh, I really like the iPad Mini for a factor. Uh, but I gotta wait because it comes out in late November. Uh, so I guess that my strategy will be to go to the Apple Store, like on November two or November third, a few days after the the release, and just try it out. And uh, if I really like it, I will sleep on it. On my decision, not the iPad. Maybe you get uh, asked to sleep in the store 
and like holding one. I, I, I will try to sleep <laughs> in the store. Just holding uh, it. Just just holding it, you know, at night with one hand. <laughs> and oh god, this is bad. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, I guess uh, um, my main my main point is that they made it really difficult to choose this time. And this is something that MG Siegel wrote. And uh, actually, MG Siegel wrote that he that he ran into Tim Cook. And uh, and he and he told him that that it was difficult to choose, and Tim Cook laughed and replied, "You can buy both." <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> so Tim Cook is really a boss, uh, but um, I don't know. It's really difficult to choose this time because they are both great iPads. Uh, I think that uh, in the end, for people like me, it comes down to 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 weight and to portability. So I'm really tempted because uh, I don't want to wait an extra month. But you know, it's tempting and it's difficult to choose. And and and, Mike, what do, what do you think? I think I'm qu- initially I was like, okay, I'm just going to get the iPad Air, and then I started thinking of, on it a bit more and looking at those internals and the fact that they are the same says to me that I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the Mini. I I will do the same as you. I will go to a store and I will and I will pick one up and try it. But my main issue with the 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 full size iPad now is not the um size or the weight. I think that a full size iPad looks ludicrous, like the applications and stuff, like the the icons. I think that they look comical to me now. Like I big, th- they're too big. Everything is too big on 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 the on the iPad for me now. And I I love the Mini and I love the Mini form factor. And I. It will be a shame because I will actually not have an iPad for a certain period of time now because I'm going to be selling mine like within the next two weeks. Because you know that like, you have those like gazelle things where there's one in the UK. It's quite similar. And I put my sell request in two days before the event because I thought that the iPad mini will come out at the same time, but it hasn't. So I have to send it off now. <laughs> so there's that. But I I think for the the the, the price is... is Good, I think it's like three hundred and nineteen pounds, and and I will basically be able to sell my mini for about half of that, uh, my current one. So I don't know if I want to spend the extra money to get the iPad Air because I really actually don't think I would use it as much because not just so much the 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 weight um, and the thinness of the iPad Mini, it's definitely the overall size. And um, through reading MG's piece, which is actually a really good piece, I'll put it in the show notes saying about how like it's actually the the overall size of the iPad is much smaller because they got rid of the bezel around the side but it's still when you say one-handed device like I actually hold my iPad I can have my my hand go all the way around it I can have my little finger to my thumb hold the back of it I wouldn't be able to do that with a regular sized iPad so, so yeah uh, I I have a theory that I want to explain to you guys uh, so the name iPad Air uh, I think that it really suggests that maybe an iPad Pro yep, is coming. It does, right? Yeah, hundred percent, in uh, my opinion. Okay, and 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 I saw some tweets from John Gruber. He, he thinks the same, and and I can't remember who, but I I read yesterday that there was like a like a tension in the room because everyone was waiting for iPad Air. Okay, where's the iPad Pro? Yeah, but it didn't come yesterday. So I'm thinking uh, that maybe next year iPad Pro, uh, it's larger, so it's got maybe a 11-inch display or 12-inch display. There was a rumor, 
uh, a few months ago about this. So a larger iPad, and on this iPad, you can multitask with, you know, multiple applications mm. on screen. I don't see them splintering iOS feature-wise to base, based on device. OS 10 on a Mac Mini and OS 10 on a Mac Pro is the same OS 10. But, but if, if there's going to be an iPad Pro, why is it Pro? Just for the size? It's it will have giant. A- it will ha- it will have a bigger screen and it will have something like um, there has to be a, some a built-in kickstand. It will have. Kickstand. I don't think it will have a kickstand, but it will come I, with I a specific either. case that has a keyboard and stuff like that. I think maybe. I mean, why? What else would there be, Stephen? Ah, uh, no, I, no, I actually agree with you. I'm just trolling mostly. I, yeah, I know you are. Um, so yeah, I mean, their the name is interesting. You know, obviously, iPad two, three, four, five, six. That's a little weird uh, and difficult to keep up with. Like iPad parentheses third generation, um, but it does open the door for another product. Uh, and I, I think that's the one I'm going to be getting. I'm uh, listeners may know I had an iPad Mini, but then ended up selling it. And I've actually been without an iPad for several months, and um, but I'm ready to to jump back in, and uh, so I'll be ordering the the air ipad air uh with lte here in uh in about a week i what, will what be size? waiting for, for for the mini personally we've got 128 gig now 32 is plenty for me um 16 is snug with especially if you have a couple apps like GarageBand and stuff on it um because all the assets take up so much space so in the past like my phone the ipad mini had 32 gigs across the board seems to be uh pretty good for me so Nine hundred and twenty nine dollars. Is that the loaded one? That's the one twenty eight gig iPad Air with cellular. Two hundred more dollars, and you can buy a MacBook Pro with Retina display, <laughs> which is insane. Uh, Macs are bo- Macs are boring. <laughs> wow. Oh. Um, wow. Yeah. So I mean, you know, there's an iPad at, at almost every price point now, and there's something like forty different SKUs, which is insane. But um, you know, they're trying to hit hit. You know where they want. I think it's. I think probably very soon, maybe next year, we'll see the 16 gig go away, and 32 will become the new base. But I've also thought about that about the iPhone for a while, and they haven't done it there either. Um, but I don't know, 16 is really snug, and from my experience, I'll be getting 16. There it is. But I, I because my current iPad. I don't have anywhere near that sort of space taken up, and I never have on an iPad. I've always had 16. See, yeah, I mean, I sync a ton of photos to it. Yeah, see, I don't... And, and like I have room for movies, and, you know, like, I don't know. I have uh, four gigabytes available on a 16-gigabyte iPad. Like, uh, that is, you know, that is absolutely fine. And I have some movies on here from when I was traveling. Yeah. To XOXO. Yep. Um... So I think that's it for the iPad. Is there any anything else before we move on to our final topic? I keep thinking that my theory will eventually come true. Because the, it doesn't make sense to me that, that an iPad Pro is just bigger. Because uh, traditionally, when, when Apple does a, a new hardware iOS device, it's got some sort of software reason. Yeah, but it, then it always trickles down. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it will have something. The iPad Pro will have something that no other iOS device has, but it will eventually, then the rest of them will get, but then it will become that will be the proving ground. So like how we have the iPhone 5S has Touch ID, right? Mm -hmm. 
Which the the A7 powered iPads did not get. Interesting. So then Touch ID will move out, and then the iPad Pro will get something, and then in the next generation, the iPad Air will get it, and then the iPad Mini will get it. I think that that is what Apple are going to. They're going to a super expensive high end device, the device for everyone, and then the cheap one. Yeah, and, and I think that eventually they will have to do some sort of you know better communication between apps. So maybe that's uh, showing a sidebar like Windows 8 does. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, showing some pop-ups on the screen. Maybe it's showing both apps on the screen. I don't, they will have to do something because as more people keep using iOS devices as, uh, as their primary computers, they will start asking for more. And, and, and when you want to, you know, to write a document, when you want to, to send an email, eventually you will, you will ask yourself, how can I, you know, work with two apps without having to constantly switch between them? So I think that eventually it will come. Maybe it will be a, a new clipboard feature. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that maybe the, the iPad Pro will be some sort of, you know, uh, proving ground. Yeah. And eventually, it will trickle down, like you guys are saying. And uh, maybe the the iPad Mini uh, will get it in some sort of smaller fashion. I don't know. But it makes sense to me to to have a, a software feature that that gives the a, a possible iPad Pro a reason to exist besides the the largest screen available. If that's what's going on here. Cool. So, yeah. Mike, you put in a uh, topic, and I, w- I I'll make a request before you rant. Will you please put the screenshot that you tweeted in the show notes? Yeah, that was Mike, the most Mike beautiful about- thing I've ever 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 read. So, the- Mike is about to rant. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not really going to rant so much. Mm. I, oh God! Because I, I, I'm, I'm not extremely angry about this, and, and I explain why. I'm, I'm just a little bit upset. I think is probably the best way. Basically. Um, Apple did something that I've wanted them to do for a long time, which was uh, update GarageBand, GarageBand. Um, and one of the things that they did in the update was remove the presets for podcasting. Now, people have been saying to me, that's not important. You can still make... Yes, you can still plug a microphone in, open up a blank document and record your voice and you can then export it. The problem is, by removing the preset for GarageBand to allow you to add in podcasts, you, you lose the, the podcast master track, so you can't add in like markers and enhanced podcast features. You can't do any of the ID3 tagging, so you can't do any of the, um, you can't add any show art, you can't add any descriptions, titles, that sort of stuff anymore. Um, that all has to be done outside. Like you can do it in iTunes or whatever, which is fine, but I'll come to why that's an issue in a minute. And they've also stripped out the ability to change the compression settings for how you want the file to be mixed down. So what you've got is like a bunch of settings, which are like, um, you've got like 96K, and then you've got um, 256, 128. You know, So it's like high quality iTunes. So basically... The settings that they've got, these are all settings for how you would have music. Now, with GarageBand, I have I do still use GarageBand on occasion because for some shows that don't require heavy editing, GarageBand is lighter and easier and faster for me to get things done. If I'm not going to be chopping things out, moving things around, having multiple tracks, if I've got like one or two tracks, GarageBand is just easier for me to do. And I have it set up so it exports into 96K mono, right? Mm-hmm. Simple. 
you can't, from what I can see, that is not possible to set in the new garage band. But the main problem I have with all of this is because, yes, you can find a way to do a lot of it. You can get another app that can change this. You can use iTunes to add all this in. When people say to me now, and I have had people asking me this question today, what app shall I use to create a podcast on a Mac? I don't have an answer for you anymore. I don't have one because there isn't one. I wouldn't tell you to go to Logic because it's the, the barrier to entry is huge for somebody who's never done it before. With GarageBand, you opened it, you selected the podcast, you recorded, and you exported, and it did the whole thing for you. It would even export to iTunes if you wanted it to, so you could listen to it and see how it looked for you. It, it did everything that it needed, and I was hoping we would get some more advanced editing tools and stuff like that, but what they've actually done is pull it out. And, and I think it's a shame because Apple have always been behind this medium, but now I, I don't understand because then at the same time, they're making updates to the podcast application for I, iOS, which looks a lot better, but they've the worst feature of the app previously was the, the way that it displayed show notes in plain text. Now it just doesn't show them for a bunch of shows at all. You That's just get fine. the description. No so, one will notice. And I just, that I don't understand. I don't understand that. But I mean, it, I think worse than the the poor support for the podcast app is the fact that they've removed this from GarageBand. I think it's a shame. Um, and I know that there are people that, like, um, Jim Metzendorf, who does some uh, audio editing for 5x5, I, he I was involved in a conversation between him and Rene Ricci and apparently Jim has some ideas for things that he could suggest to people and he's going to write an article for iMore, so look out for that. Because um, he you know, he says it can still be done. And, and this is my point, it can. I can still do it if I want to create a, an, a, a podcast in GarageBand, the new GarageBand, I can still do it. It's just not easy. It's not as easy anymore. But all this to say, when you install the new GarageBand, when you store any of the new iLife applications, like the old iMovie, you get to keep the old one. But the problem with that is at some point it's going to go away. This is not going to work anymore. Uh, That could be next year, it could be in 10 years. But at some point that version of GarageBand, which I think is 6, won't work anymore. Uh, But you do get to keep it. So, you know, there you go. That's all I have to say on the matter. I, hmm. I can't imagine either of you have anything that you'd need to add, but that's that's you know. I just wanna you know say that I'm I'm with you and I'm uh, I would like to comfort you if you're upset. Thank you. Yeah. I, I do need comforting. So I, I do think that maybe this could be good news for third-party developers. So maybe there's yep. now an area of the Mac App Store <laughs> to cover. I hope so, and you know. Even charge some, then I, some money for uh, it, like some good money for it. Charge $50 for it, you know, because it's a, yeah. a niche. There are other applications that are out there, but they are not entry-level, and I have not tried them. Um, but the fact I, that I, it was always so amazing that there was an application that came free with every Mac that you could create a podcast on. Yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to imagine that, you know, uh, this is something that I've also seen with, with the iWork apps, that maybe removing the post the podcast feature, removing Apple Script, uh, removing the possibility to customize the toolbar, making the app m- more you know uh, similar to the iOS version, to the iCloud version for iWork. Uh, 
dumbing down these apps. Yeah. I, I want to think that maybe it's just related to time constraints. The Apple just didn't have time to, you know, ship everything. Uh, but on the other hand, I, I fear that maybe this is a new trend. You know, consumer apps, you don't need the podcast feature. You don't need the Apple script. You're fine. Well, except where you're not, because, you know, there are people like Mike, there are people like uh, my friend Clark. Uh, I'll send you the link. Uh, he was the, the he was the first one to notice the, the lack of Apple script in iWork. There are small shops, small businesses that depend on the more advanced features of consumer apps. What well, I guess the, the term would be prosumer, right? And uh, I don't wanna I don't wanna see this as a as a trend. I wanna see it as a as a you know as a consequence of having to to ship. We'll see. I guess. Yeah, I mean, like it for me, like this is actually like yes, I can do it, but you know, I do edit this show occasionally and like I'm really considering like just buying the bullet and learning logic cuz this show is complex to put together. Um it just seems weird, you know, and I, I think the the devil's advocate would say, "Well, you know, it's free." And so they took something out. It's like, "Well, that it was already there and it was there for a long time." Um and they're and, not going to fill the gap. Like Apple's not going to release a podcast producer app. Like, no. The theory goes that for iWork, because they changed the data model of the apps, they they needed to update Apple Script so it's gone, even if it was there. I don't know how a change in the data model can affect the the, the you know the capability of Apple Script of uh, automating your live editor. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see. There doesn't like really said. seem to be any logical reason why they would have removed it. Yeah, I see it. some people saying it's because they changed the, the file format. It's uh, now a package or whatever that means. It's always been a package. It's always it's <laughs> always been a package. Everything's a package. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like they, mm-hmm. they didn't need to do this. They, there was the, What it did, the, the features that it added was so... I mean, obviously I don't know, but they were small. They seemed small. Um... It's just it, I'm just very surprised. I would love to know why. I will never find out. I would love to know why. And people say, "Oh, they have to fix. They won't fix this. They've made a decision. They made a call. They won't." I can't imagine podcast support coming back in GarageBand because the amount of people that were upset, I will be upset about this, are insignificant to Apple. I found and your solution. I think that, uh, what is my solution? You need to install OS X Lion Server oh, and please use Podcast don't. Producer. <laughs> When you said I podcast that, producer, I knew that you were going to find that again. <laughs> yeah, so have I told you guys my podcast producer story? Uh, I don't think so. We've already... Who cares? Um, so, you know, I used to do tech consulting for education, and there was a school that was a client of mine that had a... maybe I think it was maybe six Xserves. And I, I, think, I think six. And they used it for podcast producer, so like they had all these like multimedia classes and then you could like export it out and then the, the stack of servers would render your file for you. So like offline bounce was like crazy fast because you had all this power. And uh, I just remember that working on it was a terrible experience. So I don't actually suggest that you install Lion Server, but if you want to, maybe you could uh, get around some, some of your issues. I have a one last point on, on the apps, Mike. Yeah. Um, uh, so today uh, we had a uh, uh, Cody Fink, our my friend and, and colleague at Maxoris. He wrote a post on on the state of maps 
on Mavericks and in general. And uh, and I think that he had a line that really sums it up. He was basically arguing, and I think that he's completely right, that Apple should uh, add a crowdsourcing feature to Maps. Because apparently, because they don't care about the suggestions that people are making, uh, I mean, it's been a year, and a lot of people are saying, I sent Apple uh, a report and, and nothing has changed. They haven't fixed anything. So uh, Cody was arguing that mm, they should add a crowdsourcing feature. And, he, and then he concluded, they won't do it, but they should do it. So uh, this is really what I, uh, what I feel about, uh, you know, GarageBand and iWork. Maybe they won't add the podcasting feature back. Maybe they won't add the Apple script back, but they should do it. So we can only wait. We will. We've baited breath. <gasps> exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's all I've got. Whew, that was close. I almost oh, yeah. died. It's been a, it's been a quite a few days, huh? Just a I, few. I'm tired. Uh, <sighs> my coffee, my coffee consumption has gone through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Are we done for today? I wanted to surprise you guys with a teachy tip, but I don't have it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a surprise. That was like a double surprise. You surprised me by saying it and then taking it away. My, you were like, my hopes, you were like, you were my like, hopes went oh up God, so yes. much and then, uh, and then were dashed so quickly. But no, let, let me, uh, come on, I have one. Of course you do. Tips of teaching. Just a little thing, just a little for you, Mike, especially for you, okay. Mike. So I know that you're, uh, you want to get into Hazel, right? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the Mac utility. So a really quick tip. Today, Hazel was updated with Maverick support and it does support tags. So you can automatically add tags to your files that are that match Azure rules. But not just that, my tip is actually about matching tags. So, you know, if you have maybe a workflow to automate photos or to automate documents or PDFs, you can, when you add a tag to a document, so maybe work or maybe important or maybe hashtag Stephen, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So when you add the tag, Azure can now continuously monitor, you know, a folder, a location, and when it finds a tag, it, it can run all your rules and actions. Cool. So that's my my quick tip, yeah. A, a Work brief, with a brief tip, and, a small tip. Yeah, a small tip. So An incomplete tip, yeah. That is it for this week's episode of The Prompt. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to catch up with us, there's a bunch of different ways you can do that. If you want to see some amazing Apple coverage, then you should go to the sites that my two co-hosts run. So you have Stephen Hackett. He writes at 512pixels.net, and he is ISMH on Twitter. You should go read his review um, of Mavericks, and you should go over to macstories.net, and you'll find at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I there. Federico's always doing great stuff. He's got loads on the iPad and loads on uh, some of the changes in Mavericks and you know, stuff like the state of maps and all of that. And, of course, all of the reviews, the fantastic reviews that Federico does. Um, I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, so you can find me on social media. I do not write about Apple stuff anywhere. Um, you can also follow the show. We are underscore the prompt. Um, we'd love to get feedback from you. Twitter is a great place to do that, especially to the prompt account because I know that we all look at it. Um, so I think, unless anybody has anything else, that is it for this week's episode of the show. Um, and uh, so, gentlemen, would you like to, to say goodbye to our listeners? Buona serata. Adios. <laughs>